Liberty Flames are playing in the FBS, the highest level of competition in NCAA football. I mean, we, ne- we never uh, got down one bit. We just stayed focused and we just pushed forward. And like you see on the scoreboard, the execution, we, we, we executed pretty well. Now, we're nowhere near where we need to be or where we want to be, but they were a joy to coach. And their, their attitudes were incredible. Their work ethic was a, was really good every day. I can think of very few moments where I thought, you know, we're not giving effort. And um, and I coached them hard, and and they responded to it, and um, just trying to get them conditioned to chase a certain standard. Hey guys, welcome to the Red Spin Podcast. This is your host Chad Hassan. I am excited to be joined by Mr. John Manson, who is the creator and founder and all things a sea of red.com. John, how you doing? Doing great, Chad. Thanks for having me. We got a really great episode lined up. Really excited. You got to speak with Buckshot and Gandy Golden um, heading into what could be their final game in the Liberty uniform and will definitely be their final game in Williams Stadium this Saturday. Uh, we got a preview of the game, look at the bowl picture and some other football topics and also, after the interviews, we'll also hear, um, we'll discuss a few basketball topics. Our basketball team is on fire right now, so we'll uh, have to dive into that a little bit. So, John, I just wanted to kind of, first of all, here we are. we got one game left to play to be bowl eligible. At the beginning of the season, did you think that these seven wins were possible? Yeah, actually, I, I did. I I predicted us to go seven and five. If, if you remember back, I, I believe we talked about that on a podcast early before the season started. But yeah, I picked us to go seven and five. And you know, we've really kind of, if you go back to the beginning of the season and, and kind of looked at the schedule before you got got going, um, you know, Liberty has won the games that I think most of us predicted Liberty to win and lost the games that we predicted Liberty to lose. Um, I, I know over the summer, I kind of did a, a series of, of post kind of early season previews of each game and made a prediction on each game. And I've actually through 11 games correctly predicted based on that post, those posts, every single game that Liberty has won and lost this year. So I had them going six and five going into the final game and then beating New Mexico State to get to seven and five and become bowl eligible. Now, of course, as the seasons unfolded, you know, I think some of us thought, you know, Liberty might be able to knock off Rutgers. Maybe they should have. And when the Buffalo game came around, you know, I, I changed my pick and picked Liberty to lose that game. Just thought that, you know, it was taking longer than, than we had anticipated to, for the offense to kind of get clicking under uh, Hugh Freeze and his offensive system. But, you know, Looking back over it, I think we're kind of right where we thought we would have been for good or bad, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. So, and, 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 you know, some of these teams like, um, you know, UMass just, UMass was a lot worse than they thought than, than I thought. And, um, you know, and hopefully your predictions reign true headed into Saturday and we beat New Mexico State and become bowl eligible. You know, you, I was just going to say, UMass, you brought them up. They are terrible this year. Like, I, I don't know what's going on, but they're in the first year of a new head coach there. And BYU scored 42 points against them in the second quarter this past Saturday. And, they, oh. I mean, they're, they're just terrible. I think they were losing 49 to nothing at halftime. I, I don't know how you can go from being 
you know, they were competitive. They beat us last year in triple overtime. They were a competitive team to just being an embarrassment. I mean, I, I don't even know if they would make the FCS playoffs this year. Yeah, no, they've they've been bad. BYU has kind of been down per their typical. And uh, UVA, although they, they drummed us pretty good, they looked beatable there for a while. So I think we caught a lot of teams at the right time. I just wanted to kind of get your opinion of uh, just an overall standpoint. What's been what has surprised you most in terms of like who's played who's played better than you thought they would or the scheme? Now that we've had a chance to see some of these coaches in action, what's just been the most pleasant surprise for you this year? What about Zach Fouts? I mean, he's really had a good season. Kind of came out of nowhere back in training camp. We didn't even think. I mean, it looked like he might have been third or fourth on the depth chart, if that. Then all of a sudden, he's pretty much the top tight end. You don't uh, Johnny Huntley's in there, but you don't hear a lot out of him. Jerome Jackson don't hear too much out of him. But but Fouts, Fouts has got three touchdowns. I, I know I know you like him because he's from Roanoke, but uh, he's definitely been a pleasant surprise. I think Damian sort of led of the news in Vance had a good article about him last week, and it's his senior day. It's senior week uh, this week, and um, you know he he's kind of had an up and down career, battled a lot of injuries, but. He's really come on, you know, the past four or five weeks. You know, Rutgers, BYU, Virginia, those last three games, he's uh, three of the last four, not counting UMass. He's had really good games and had another good game, a couple good catches against Virginia again uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I was really glad to hear you say that. And he is he is one of my favorites. It's great to see a guy that just sticks around for that long and his senior year really shines. So, Congratulations, Zach. He's battled a ton off the field, on the field. It was just good to see him have a good senior season, all that hard work. Like you said, we thought it was he pretty much was done. I'll give my answer to that same question. I think Buckshot's turnaround with the interceptions this year was incredible. I know he had the real, real uh, egregious one on Saturday against UVA, but for the most part, man, he's, he's just played lights out. He's had a great senior campaign, and I couldn't be happier for him. He Kind of took a step back last year, and then he got a new head coach and all that. We talked, we we went through all that before the season started, but he really responded well. Uh, he took everything Coach Hugh Freeze said before the season to heart in terms of film study and just learning the game and all the footwork and things that he was getting drilled on early on. It felt like he was getting kind of beat up a little bit um, in the media room there with Hugh Freeze, but it seemed to have worked, paid off, and uh, Buckshots put himself into the the category of might potentially be picked up as a undrafted free agent or something in the NFL. So really proud of Buck, Buckshot season. And then I would say the one thing that I've just been overall uh, pleasantly surprised for the most part is the defense. I mean, they've had a few bad games, but they've kept us in a lot of games too. Even BYU and UVA, we had a chance because the defense got a few stops here and there when we weren't expecting them to. So some couple pleasant surprises there on the football field. Um, lastly, John, about bowl eligibility, um, I'm going to let you go ahead and walk through the scenario of the, um, first of all, let's say that there's two options. We can play in the cure bowl or we can play in another bowl. Let's talk about the other bowls first. What are, what are our chances right now to qualify to play in a bowl that's not the cure bowl? Well, it's going to basically come down to how many bowl eligible teams there are throughout the country. There's 78 bowl slots, and there's currently, as of right now, there's games starting Tuesday night. We're, we're recording on a Monday evening, so 
there's currently 72 eligible teams. So there's, I believe, thir either 13 or 14. I can't remember if it's, I think it's 13, not counting Liberty. So it would be 14 if you count at Liberty that are one win away from becoming bowl eligible. So that's, you know, 13 or 14 teams basically fighting for the last six spots. Now, out of those teams, you know, some of those, most of those are going to, you know, be in with a conference that has bold tie-ins that, you know, basically if they get to become bowl eligible and have, have the needed wins, they're going to have a, a bowl bid kind of locked up where Liberty's kind of, you know, on the outside looking in, except for this Cure Bowl, which we can talk about in a minute. But, um, you know, so really if Liberty's unable to get into the Cure Bowl, which is the, the first option, then it goes to these other bowls. And, and basically there needs to be an opening where a, another conference or another team doesn't have a tie-in with the particular bowl. And that way you could see Liberty kind of slide in there. I think the SEC is probably the most likely conference to not be able to fill all their slots. And so that's where you've seen a lot of these bowl projections put Liberty in a slot that would have been an, an SEC team going there. like. Uh, the Independence Bowl or the Birmingham Bowl um, or the Belk Bowl. You haven't seen that recently, but earlier on it was. And, and because what, what a lot of people are projecting is that the SEC is going to get two teams in the college football playoffs, and then there's, they're just not going to have enough eligible teams to kind of fill the rest of their, their slots. I know uh, Mississippi State and Missouri are both SEC teams that are – you know, they, they are one win away from bowl eligibility. So, you know, they've got big games this week that if they, they win, they, they might be able to steal a spot that could be Liberty. So if, if I had to guess, I think that there will be at least 78, if not more, bowl-eligible teams um, once, you know, the season this week kind of plays itself out. So it may be difficult for Liberty to get one of those other bowl bids. Yes. So that brings us to the Cure Bowl. And I'll just try to summarize this and make it really simple. If Memphis or, uh, John, help me with the other one, Cincinnati. If Memphis or Cincinnati, um, one of them finishes the season and wins their conference tournament, the American Athletic Conference, if they win that, they will be the highest rated G5 school in the country, which pushes them to the um, New Year's Six Bowl. And that leaves an opening for the in the American for the Cure Bowl. So we will uh, it, let's just put it this way: if all things go chalk, everything falls the way that Vegas thinks it will, and everything's predicting, Liberty will play either Georgia State or Georgia Southern, possibly Arkansas State, in the Cure Bowl in Orlando on December twentieth. So the kind of kind of thing you need to root for is for Memphis and Cincinnati, one of those teams to win the uh, Atlantic, the, the American, I'm sorry, win the American and, uh, and then go on to represent them in that New Year's Six Bowl. So just to summarize everything, if all things go chalk, we don't think Liberty is going to be able to fill one of those bowl spots because we think all 78 bowl, team, bowl spots are going to be filled by other teams. But if all things go chalk, on the other hand, we think we'll go to the Cure Bowl in Orlando. So don't buy your plane tickets yet, although they're kind of cheap out of uh, Roanoke right now for Allegiant Air. You can get down there and back for 150 But 
you know, the kind of keep an eye on December 20th, which is, uh, you know, a couple weekends away. So, um, John, anything else you wanted to comment on with this football season before we hear the Buckshot and AGG interview? Yeah, what you said about the AAC is is accurate. And this is kind of going to be a fun week. Like I said, there with it being Thanksgiving week, you got games Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, and then obviously Saturday. And I'm, you know, I'll have an article out there by the time this uh, podcast is published of all the games and how they affect Liberty. And there's some, like I said, that start Tuesday night that that'll affect them. So by the time we get to Liberty's game Saturday, we'll have a pretty good idea of of how things will break. And, uh, you know, should should be a lot of fun. And one thing I should note as well, I was talking to Ian today at the press conference, and um, the way that they that ESPN has kind of worked things out now is, you know, if Liberty wins Saturday to become bowl eligible, we'll have to wait over a week to find out where they're going to play. It's not like these things are going to start trickling out Saturday night or Sunday like they used to in the past. Um, it's December 8th. Um, which is a week from this coming Sunday, is when the college football playoff top four is unveiled. And that's when the rest, it's kind of like a bowl prediction or bowl uh, selection show. Yeah, bowl selection show that will kind of unveil all the bowl ranking, all the bowl matchups at that point in time. So so we'll have to wait another week to see where Liberty will, will finally be pegged. Well, I just know that it's been an amazing ride. I've enjoyed watching this entire season. It's lived up to the hype. Hugh Freeze just brought in an energy to the team. He's been immensely engaged with the fans and the media. So this Saturday, New Mexico State kickoffs at 2 o'clock. It's, everything's on the line for Liberty. Um, it's AGG and Buckshot and all the seniors, Zach Fouts we mentioned earlier, all of their last time in the Williams Stadium playing, wearing that uniform. And then, uh, you know, it's also our last time in there without the the new operations center underway. So um, a lot to look forward to this weekend on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to being there. Hopefully the weather cooperates and we can have a nice turnout. Fans have come out in great number this year. I think our average attendance is uh, quite a bit up from last year. So um, that's always good to see. So let's, without further ado, let's hear that AGG and Buckshot interview. And then uh, we'll come back with some thoughts on the basketball. John Manson here for the Sierra Red Red Spin Podcast with Liberty Seniors Buckshot Calvert and Antonio Gandhi Golden on Senior Day. Guys, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Doing good. So uh Senior Day Saturday, have you guys been able to put into words, stop and think about, you know, what what Saturday will mean to each of you? Uh no, it's gonna mean a lot. You know, it's my last game. Well, hopefully not my last game, but definitely my last home game as a Liberty Flame. So uh, I just I, I just want to soak in everything that I can these last couple weeks. Uh, you know, especially with my teammates. Uh, just you know, have as much fun and you know, uh, just you know, you, you don't get moments like this back. So I'm trying to you know, like I said, soak everything in and you know, make it as long lasting as, as I can make it. So. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great feeling, but then again, you know, I know that it's coming to an end. So, you know, it's it's, it's creeping up on me, but I think, uh, you know, come Saturday, you know, it, it'll definitely sink in and I'll definitely, you know, be a little more, uh, you know, sad or, you know, a little shooken up about my last game, home game. So, it's exciting. 
Uh, yeah, it's bittersweet. You know, we've been here for four years. You know, uh, last season, last home game, last game. Hopefully not, but uh, last you know official regular season game. And uh, you know, it's just it's been a wild ride. We have some we've had some ups and downs. You know, just as a team. And uh, I feel like we've stayed together throughout the whole process. You know, just to just to see where this program has come. You know, as far as as long as we've been here, you know, it's just been amazing. And I'm so glad we've got to experience it. You know, just even going to FBS these past couple of years and just doing things that people never thought we could. Uh, you know, it's definitely it's an exciting time because we get to move on. You know, we actually get to start life. You know, but uh, as far as football goes, uh, it's kind of it's kind of sad. You know, get to have to leave our teammates, our coaches. You know our friends here, but uh, it's still exciting. It's an exciting time. Still taking it day by day, but, uh, you know, I'm just ready for Saturday. Both of you guys kind of rewritten the Liberty record book for quarterbacks and receivers, respectively. Um, AJ, did you think about that at all as, as, like, you know, maybe this Saturday being able to win the game and get to a bowl game for the first time in program history as, as something that you can kind of put a stamp on your your time here as, as a Liberty Flame? Oh, yeah, for sure. We uh we definitely want the bowl game. You know, we're going to work really hard this week. You know, that's, uh, that's our mission to get to the bowl game, you know, and to do that we have to win this last game, you know. So uh, definitely going to be, you know, a process, definitely going to be, you know, a long week ahead of us, but uh, we're excited because we know we know we had the opportunity to win and you know go to a bowl game. And Buckshot, how much has it meant to you uh, personally to have have a guy like AGG for the last four years? Um, I, I know you, you know you've been able to to count on him not just on the football field but off the fields. How much has it been to have somebody like him? You know, it's been a true blessing. You know the guy that goes out there every Saturday makes me look good. Uh, you know, it's just been an honor, uh, you know, just for all the guys, just for me to go out there and, you know, have their trust and they have my back and just grow that bond that we have as a, you know, a whole team. So, uh, you know, the guy, we have a lot of great guys on the team, but, you know, this Tonio just, you know, makes extremely great catches every now, every now and then, you know, uh, sports center top 10 plays. So, <laughs> you know, it's always good to have that one guy that, you know, could go out there and make every single play at any given time. Is there any one play that stands out to you that you think about AGG making over his career this season that is like, man, that was the one? It's been about uh, five, six this season, <laughs> but definitely, uh, you know, last Saturday that one-hand grab definitely uh, showed me that he's ready to, you know, move on to the to the big leagues. AGG, what about, you know, Buckshot? What has it meant for you having a guy like him uh, you know, being back there and throwing you the ball for four straight years, and not just on the field, but also off the field. Uh, just knowing that I have somebody that's reliable on and off the field, you know, as a friend, as a brother, as a teammate, you know, as uh, somebody, you know, I could just count on day in and day out, you know, to have my back, and, you know, just that I trust, you know, has my best interest at heart. Uh, it's going out on the football field, making plays, you know, making insane throws, you know, escaping pressure, you know, that. Nobody ever thought he could, you know, things like that. Uh, uh, shaking guys, uh, throwing dimes, darts, you know, the ones that hurt your hands a little bit, you know. This man has a strong arm. I don't know I don't know if y'all know, but you got to you gotta catch one of his passes to know. But uh, it's just amazing, you know, just to see how much he's grown, you know, as a man and as a football player since we've been here, you know. And, uh, it's just been a true blessing, you know, just to have him behind my, behind my back. Are you able to look back over your – a four-year career here and maybe think of, you know, one thing. If you can only think of one thing or point to one thing, whether it's a win, a game, a play, 
a moment, whatever it may be, that you think, you know, that that's kind of will always have a special place in your heart? Uh, Baylor. Baylor, that was a big one, man. I cried after that game. I don't remember crying after many games, but that was just like, just to see everybody fight so hard, you know, just to see, you know, Buck and everything he did, you know, making plays with his feet, you know, just throwing the ball, putting exactly where we needed to, you know, just uh, and just outplaying their defense, you know, it's just uh, been amazing. It was that was a that's like just been amazing to think about, you know, over the past four years, you know, over the past three years. This is something we could, you know, you know, just we have that to live on forever, you know. That's something I'm gonna tell my kids someday. Buckshot, you've played with a lot of receivers, like an AAU ball and stuff in Florida. Is AGG as good as anyone you've ever played with? Yeah, he's probably the best I ever played with, honestly. I haven't seen anybody that could do what he's been doing, so, yeah. Is he a first-round NFL draft pick? Easily. How much do you think about the NFL draft right now, AGG? I know you're kind of locked in on the season and trying to get to a bowl game and everything, but do you think about that at all? I think about it. It's kind of been forced on me the past few weeks, you know, just with everything coming, wrapping up so quick. But uh, I start to take things day by day. You know, if I start thinking about that, then I won't be locked in with the team, you know, with the guys and what they need me to do. So uh, I've been taking it day by day. But it's definitely something that's at the that's at the back of my mind. A lot of days, you know, just with phone calls and things like that. Just uh, you know, it's always around now. But uh, still taking it day by day. Still have practice. Still have guys on the team. You know that need me, uh, that I need to. Take us behind the scenes a little bit, AGG, about Buckshot. What's one thing, quirky thing about him that, that he does and nobody else knows about? Uh, he's goofy. He's goofy, man. He's not, and he's not country <laughs> like he looks either. Like he, I know he has the big beard, you know, everything like that, but he's not country. I know his middle name is Buckshot, but this man is not country at all. So that's one thing That's one thing people should know about him. But uh, he's just a goofy guy, you know, just... Loves to have fun, loves to dance around, loves to, or tries to dance around. Just, uh, just likes to have fun, really. You know, he, he always brings a good time. Buckshot, same question for you. I know AGG's a big jokester, but what, what's one, one quirky thing or weird thing about him? It's so many. I'm about to name, I'm about to name him. He could do a Rubik's Cube in under a minute. He bowled a perfect game. He could do all types of flips, sing, dance, uh, just every, pretty much everything. He's a really talented kid. Uh, you know, one of my best friends. So I know a lot about him. He knows a lot about me. And, you know, he's pretty much the golden child, as we say in locker room. So. <laughs> What's that come from, golden child? Candy golden. Okay. We just <laughs> switched it around a little bit. Okay. So, AGG, I know Rashad Jennings, he was dancing with the stars. stars. That's something that, that you could do one day? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I hope so. I hope they give me the chance to. Now, I, I could bust a few moves. Now. Not a lot of people know that, but I like I like to dance a lot. Y'all might catch them in a few videos every now and then, but I like to dance a lot. When you guys walk off the field Saturday night, what's going to be, uh, regardless of the outcome, hopefully it's a Liberty win. We're going to a bowl game, obviously, but what's going to be kind of your uh, your last thought that go through, goes through your head as you, as you walk off the field for the fa- final time here at Williams Stadium? Uh, you know, just knowing that, you know, every given Saturday, uh, we went out there and gave it all. No matter the outcome, you know, we we put in our minds that we could win these games and that we, we're we going to have to go in there and fight to win these games. So uh, just knowing that we didn't leave anything out on the field, we we worked for everything that we that we got. And just to know that, you know, we laid it all out on the line uh, every given Saturday that we go out there and play the game. Uh, yeah, I actually might not walk off the field. I might just get a tent and sleep on it just for the <laughs> For one last time, but uh, 
No, just uh, just like Buck said, man, just that we we laid it out on the line every every play of every game. You know, we played our hearts out. You know, uh, I hope everyone could see that. You know, the in the wins and the losses. You know, just uh, this place will definitely have a special place in my heart. Uh, like I said, it's bittersweet. You know, it's a walk off that field knowing that's gonna be our last our last time. You know, stepping on it and being able to play a game. You know, it's uh. Uh, it's just, it's crazy, you know, just to think about. Cause I remember, like it was yesterday, us being out, out down there with the jumbotron light, with the small jumbotron light too. With the, you know, it was a green light. It wasn't even like white. It was green, and we were down there, you know, throwing throwing balls and you know catching passes. You know, just working on our craft. And you know, just to see all that come, come the past four years and all the accolades that we've gained. You know, all the games we've won. You know, just uh, it's just been amazing. It's been uh, it's been a journey. Buckshot AGG, it's been a blast getting to know you guys the last four years, watching you grow. And uh, good luck this week. Let's go to a bowl game. Wow, John, what an excellent interview with those two seniors. And, um, man, I'm not going to – I, I, I kind of fought back a few tears there. It's like we've watched these guys come onto the field as freshmen – um, they've played all four years and there was no red shirt year. There was no, uh, sit behind this guy, start behind that guy. It was these two guys were got thrown front and center from day one and, uh, have just really lived up to the hype and, and even above what we thought they could accomplish here at Liberty. So really proud of those two and the way they've represented our school for four years and, uh, looking forward to uh, what they can do on Sundays. Uh, John, you know, Chad, I just wanted to add something to that on, on senior day. Obviously, Buckshot and AGG gets all the all the hype and attention from all their stats, but there's several other members of the senior class. We mentioned Zach Fouts. We won't go through all of them. There's 17. That'll be honored on Saturday. But a couple others we should mention. Jesse Lemonier, Juco transfer. He's only been here two years, but what he's been able to accomplish in his two years is, is pretty remarkable. Also, Dante Duff, offensive lineman, never get any love. But this is guy's a four-year starter. He started every single game that he's played at Liberty. And he's started every single game at right guard for the last three seasons. His, his freshman year, he bounced around a couple of different positions on the line. Uh, also, Frankie Hickson. I mean, it's a guy that kind of, you know, fought his way through and up the de- depth chart his first couple of years. Started off as a kick returner primarily. Um, but I was looking in the record books today. He's actually currently he's in the top five on all all time Liberty's career uh, all purpose yards, and he could end up at the top of that list. He's also uh, sixth right now in on Liberty's all time career rushing list, and will probably finish up definitely in the top five, maybe as high as number four. So uh, you know, definitely a talented uh, senior class that that Turner Gill was able to put together three, four years ago. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it's fantastic. And, and you make a great point there. So um, we are also, you know, Ian calls this the golden age of, or golden era of Liberty athletics. And here we are talking about our first ever bowl eligibility and our basketball team has just been on an amazing run so far. Um, haven't lost a game. And we just find ourselves recently in the number two spot of the mid-major top 25 only behind Gonzaga. Here we are. We're talking outside of the P5. We're the second best team in the country. We're getting top 25 votes in some polls. And 
uh, you know, it's it, it's a really fun team to watch just because of the way it's been constructed with character guys, with guys that can shoot, and guys that just like to play team basketball. It's so fun to watch. There's no there's no ball hog. There's no one guy does it all. It's no give it to this guy and get out of his way. We have seven guys that can lead the team in scoring on any given night, and that's not just um, cliche. That is a real fact. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. John, what's the most impressive thing you've seen from this team so far, 2019 Liberty Men's Basketball? It's hard to pinpoint one thing, but that that tournament run they had in the Bahamas this past weekend was, was pretty impressive, uh, especially doing it without Caleb Holmesley. He only played the first six minutes against Morgan State, but you know they went on to win that game by 41. They then beat Rice, who... You know, you could make an argument was the best team Liberty had played to this point in time and beat them by double figures. They did the same thing in the in the championship game against Missouri-Kansas City. Really, none of the three games were even that competitive, to be honest. I know UMKC kind of make, made a run there, but, you know, I was never really worried. Um, and, you know, it's funny, entering the tournament, everybody was talking about Liberty and Evansville possibly meeting for the championship. Well, Evansville went one and two in the tournament. This again, the same Evansville team that beat number one Kentucky a couple weeks ago. They went one and two in the tournament, dropping their first two games before they were able to beat Morgan State, the same Morgan State team Liberty beat by forty-one. They need a triple overtime to beat them, so so not a very good showing for them, but uh, an incredible showing for the Flames. Like you said, they're they're receiving votes in the. Uh, AP top 25. I think they're they got six votes this week, and they're right around 36 total. So, um, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Chad? Do you think they'll be able to crack the top 25 here this season? Because they got two more weeks before they even play another Division One team. They'll play, I think, December 8th is when they'll play a Grand Canyon out in uh, Phoenix. Yeah, so I've just been looking over this schedule, and I see one game that's a toss-up, but I can't find any other losses. I know we play Vanderbilt, and that's going to be tough, and Grand Canyon has a great place to play, but what this team showed me so far is I think I think we can win all these games until we get to LSU. So I think the chances are this team cracks the top 25, even if we go undefeated up to LSU. I think we're going to be still be right on that bubble. Um, we'll, as soon as we crack the top 25, I'm, I'm printing it, saving it, and everything I can uh, to get that to get that framed because that is what an accomplishment to go from one of the worst teams in college basketball to a top 25. So um, it's, it's definitely achievable. I would lean towards no right now, just because a lot has to happen. We do have a few tough games, but you know, I, I've, I could have never predicted eight and no with Kyle road coming in and being such, such a baller off the bench. And even Shiloh has come off the bench and um, played fantastic. So, this team has surprised me so far, and I'm, you know, I would be, I would be kind of foolish to say, you know, anything's impossible with this group of guys. So um, while my gut's telling me no, we don't crack the top twenty-five. I definitely think it's achievable. So looking at our future schedule, oh, another thing, uh, do you think it's possible to run the table in the A Sun? I've been watching the A Sun. I don't see any teams out there that even, even on a bad night for Liberty could give us much trouble. Have you seen anybody that's got you scared or anybody you think that we would lose to, even if we had a off shooting night? There's nobody that really scares me, but at the same time, anytime you play 16 games 
against teams in your conference. And you know all these teams all offseason have been preparing to beat Liberty since Liberty's the defending champions with all these returners and getting all the hype all offseason and into the season. Uh, it's hard to say we're going to run the table. It's hard to predict that. Uh, Ken Palm's still got Liberty going 13-3 and in his predicted record, although if you go game by game, he's got Liberty winning all 16 games. Um, I, but I'd be shocked if Liberty finishes worse than 15-1, and one, um, giving them chance for one slip-up. North Florida is really the only team that I think, um, you know, if they were to play 10 times, would beat Liberty more than once. Um, you know, so, you know, can they slip up against the Florida Gulf Coast? Or, you know, that NJIT, those first two games Liberty plays, January 2nd at Florida Gulf Coast and Fort Myers, and then 48 hours later they have to go all the way from Fort Myers, Florida to, to New Jersey to play NJIT. And both of those teams are kind of be middle-of-the-pack type teams. Again, Liberty should beat them if they play 10 times on a neutral court. You know, all factors the same. You know, I think Liberty easily wins nine, if not ten of them. But, you know, could that be the one time that, that they lose would be on a quick turnaround like that? So it's hard to predict that they go 16-0. But, but no, the A-Sun is not, not as good as it was last year. Lipscomb's nowhere what they were last year. But, you know, again, I think some of these teams will test Liberty. And, and there'll be games that'll be nail biters down to the final few minutes. And we'll be thankful to get out with a win. Yeah, I completely agree. Even on some of these great teams that made great runs in college basketball, look at Kentucky and Evansville the other night. I mean, you're you're still going to have that one night. Uh, basketball is one of those sports that anybody can win on any night because the ball can just get going in the hoop for one team and not the other. So, um, you know what? I'm I'm going. I don't think we'll go undefeated on the season, but I do think we'll run the A Sun. I don't think it's been done in any recent history in the A Sun, but it, uh, I think this team because of the you know, I wouldn't call it depth because of the balance. We don't depend on one or two guys because of the balance. I think we'll, we'll kind of our, our bad nights will only be so bad. I don't think we can have a horrible night where you have four or five guys that just can't hit anything. So because of our balance, I think we go undefeated in the A sun. So should be a tremendous ride. Some, so much fun to watch. Um, John, Right as we wrap up here, give me your uh, who's been the biggest surprise or who has uh, kind of improved a ton in the offseason that you've noticed? Darius McGee is the first guy that comes to, to my mind. Um, I mean, I was I was a huge Darius McGee fan, you know, when he was in high school still at Blue Ridge School and as a freshman last year. And he had flashes. You know, you can remember the FGCU game last year. He had 18 points and hit hit a bunch of threes. But he also had flashes where he was a liability on defense, uh, where if he couldn't hit his shots, which happened occasionally, he, w- he didn't really provide much. So, you know, as we were thinking about during the offseason, about this season, he was a guy that kind of, you know, I'm not going to say I forgot about, but you kind of put on the back burner a little bit. But, you know, to be honest, with, with Holmesley being injured, uh, even when Holmesley was playing every game early in the year, McGee has probably been the most consistent offensive performer on the team so far this year, and he's definitely improved his on-ball defense. Uh, he said it himself not too long ago that he's still got a long ways to go on that end of the court, but uh, he's definitely stepped up a lot. And I, I know we've mentioned him before, but Shiloh Robinson, I mean, that's a guy that we thought was going to redshirt 
And, you know, I thought he might have been kind of like a project, certainly would have put him behind Blake Preston in, in the pecking order of bigs off the bench. But, I mean, he's turned into to being a guy that McKay's got to keep on the floor. And really, he's he's really raw, and the future with him is really bright. I know I know we talk about Kyle Rode a lot, and, and rightfully so, but um, the next, you know, almost four years now with uh, Rode and Robinson kind of leading the way, and then you got McGee for three of those years. Um, despite all these seniors that we have on the team this year, the, the future looks very bright for, for McKay and the Flames as well. The golden era of Liberty Athletics. So uh, we got to. We got to get Ian to coin that phrase. Really, it's just it's just a great time to be a flame, John. So glad to be doing it. Glad to be covering it. Glad to be watching it and listening to it. So, uh, John, have fun this weekend. And uh, as always, go Flames. Thanks, Chad, and a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well as Flames Nation. Big game coming up on Saturday. Really excited for this one. A lot on the line. You know, about a month ago, we didn't think this was going to be a situation where it was a must-win game. We thought it would be a situation where Liberty was taking a look at this game to maybe further advance their position to getting a better bowl game. Well, as we all know and we've all discussed all week as well as on this podcast, uh, it's a must-win game to get to a bowl game. So certainly looking uh, for Liberty on Saturday uh, to play as well as possible. Didn't really play well last week in Charlottesville. Uh, got to a good start. And I think we're all really encouraged by what we saw, but then just seemed like they had that interception, which has been discussed quite a bit by Buckshot, and uh, that didn't get them where they wanted to go, and then that game just kind of derailed. Uh, but this week, uh, I think it's a great bounce-back opportunity, and certainly uh, you got to give uh, Coach Freeze a lot of credit where he said all along, day one, goal was to get to a bowl game, and that's what's at stake on Saturday. Current line, uh, 13.5 is the amount that Liberty is favored at, or 14 points. Uh, depending upon where you're looking at uh, for different sports books, whether it be uh, in the U.S. or offshore, uh, certainly encourage you uh, anytime we're sitting at a hook opportunity where we're at six and a half or at seven or nine and a half or ten where there's a touchdown involved, certainly got a shot for the best line around. So uh, if you're looking at 14, buy it down to 13 and a half. Uh, I really like this line for the Flames. If you remember the last game, October 5th, Liberty won in New Mexico, uh, 20-13. to 13. I don't think this is going to be a game where it's going to be that close within one possession. I really think Liberty's going to come back, find a way to play well. Uh, the defense has seemed to uh, play good so far in that first game. I think they have an opportunity to repeat that performance. Uh, New Mexico State is playing slightly better than what they were early in the year. They've won the last two games. Granted, that's been against UTEP. Nothing to brag about. They're now 1-10, so certainly not the best team that they've played all year. And then two weeks before that, they played an FCS opponent uh, in Incarnate Word, uh, who's sitting at 5-6. and six. So certainly those two wins the last two weeks, not something to brag about. But going into the, those two games, you're sitting at 0-9. You're taking a look and you're saying, well, they're probably just going to quit. Uh, to the team's credit, the Aggies have not laid down these last couple of weeks when they easily could have. Uh, so I think it's one of those situations where so far uh, they've shown that they've not given up on the season. But mind you, Saturday afternoon, traveling across the country, Thanksgiving weekend, not a lot to play for. I guess you could consider it you know, a mini rivalry game because they've played each other so many times now, the fourth time in really about 15 months. But it's going to be 43 degrees on Saturday at Williams Stadium. 
great chance of rain, uh, which will start almost about the same time as kind of what we saw up in Charlottesville last weekend. So not warm weather. Can't imagine New Mexico State's going to be thrilled about that. Uh, so I certainly like an opportunity for Liberty with a lot on the line uh, to certainly cover the 13 and a half or 14. Uh, the total is at 65. Huge fan of the under here. I know a lot of people don't like playing unders. I really think it's a great chance. Uh, as we saw in the first game, only 33 points scored. Uh, I think it's a great chance for Liberty's defense to kind of really help the offense. I think we'll see a lot of uh, momentum out of Liberty's offense coming out of this game. So we should be able to see uh, Liberty easily handle the under. I think they'll also uh, win by at least multiple touchdowns. So those are the two plays I'm looking at. Uh, a couple of uh, other games in terms of far as the one that, you know, has always been a big rivalry game here on Rivalry Weekend, uh, Virginia against Virginia Tech. Uh, currently, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, give them a lot of credit. Justin Fuente and his group, uh, it looked like that season was done up in Blacksburg. Uh, but he's done a great job. Uh, Hokies are on a roll here lately. Opportunity uh, to certainly uh, win the Coastal Division and the right to play Clemson for the ACC Championship game. Virginia, uh, certainly we know what they're all about. We saw them last week. Uh, this is a game where Virginia has not won in a long time, has not had bra bragging rights in the Commonwealth. Uh, they're a three-point underdog uh, in this game. I like Virginia. Uh, I really think... Uh, Coach Bronco Mendenhall has done a great job, and I think this is the year that the route stops in terms of the streak. And uh, look for Virginia, I think, to take care of this game here locally. Uh, I know there's one other thing we want to touch on in regards to Coach Hugh Freeze. This is the time of the year where a lot of openings are happening. Uh, certainly Arkansas has been one that's been open for a couple of weeks, uh, an SEC opportunity. Uh, we know that Florida State is one that is still open. I uh, don't think you'll see this one, but UNLV is something that popped up. I, I don't look for any consideration there. Uh, no real ties there and doesn't want to go to the West Coast. Uh, there could be an opening at USC. Um, and don't be surprised if there's not one or two more uh, openings in the South. Vanderbilt's not going to come open. Uh, as of now, the AD has said that uh, Derek Mason is in good hands, even though uh, the longevity that he's been there and the record – uh, that Vanderbilt's compiled. I don't think you'll see uh, a move there. AD's uh, shown some good support uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so do we think that Hugh Freeze is going to stay at Liberty? This is a tough question. Uh, I, I think a lot of it depends on two factors. One, I think if they go to a bowl game, uh, as weird as it's going to say, if they go to a bowl game, they beat New Mexico State, mission accomplished, came in with one task. That was to get Liberty to their first bowl game. That's all he ever talked about. And that's something that can easily happen. Uh, do I think he wants to leave? No. But think about it. In your line of work, we talk about this all the time. You get a job opportunity where you can make two, three, four times potentially the amount of money that he's making right now at Liberty. I know everyone says, you know, family's happy, just getting settled in. I've got some good things going. Don't be surprised. I'm not saying he's looking. But don't be surprised. I mean, how many how many of us out there have ever said, you know what, give me four times what I'm making. And we're not, you know, whether that be people are making $40,000 and then, hey, I've got an opportunity now to make $200,000. Or if we're making, you know, you know, $100,000, got an opportunity now to make three or $400,000. Many times in life, we're not turning that down. So I don't care who you are and what you think. I don't think Hugh's necessarily looking to leave. Uh, but if the opportunity comes, 
I think he's certainly going to take it. And I wouldn't blame him, and I wouldn't fault him, and there'd be nothing against him. I'd say, hey, thanks for getting us in the right direction. You know, appreciate it. He hasn't done anything bad here, uh, hasn't left a bad mark yet, and certainly hasn't been here long enough. But uh, in his time here, have seen no issues so far in the first, you know, 11 and a half, 12 months. So uh, do I think he goes? Probably, just because someone's going to be smart enough to see, hey, got him to the first ball game, what he's been able to do. Um, so that's all I got. Appreciate having me on as always. And hopefully we've got one more game to dissect here in a couple weeks, uh, whether it be the Cure Bowl, bowl game down in Birmingham. Certainly some options are on the table. Uh, we just saw where Missouri uh, got hit, uh, where they're not going to be bowl eligible. So that's one uh, another team that had a chance to go to a bowl game. Not going to happen now. So we certainly got some good options. Just got to get a win on Saturday. And hopefully everybody will be out at Williams Stadium. And uh, we'll talk to you here soon, man. Thanks, Chad. 